We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, what is going on? Wednesday, November the 16th, 2022. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you all tuning in. Got a packed show, a lot to get into, of course, as always. We are taking your questions, your comments, and your calls as well. 843 That's 843-790-3377. I see Gad, John Edward, Lex, Stephen Borwell Jr., Travi, Brennan M., Cody Gaskins. What's going on? Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord. Head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel. Be sure your questions are answered there. I'm sure we'll have some folks coming in after uh, taking in Marcus Satterfield's Wednesday press conference and uh, voicing their displeasure and their frustrations accordingly in the chat. But again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. Of course, podcast did drop this morning, episode 729, a real fun one, a real fun one. You know, I, I think at times, and of course, I'm speaking to myself when I say this, but you know, we're, we're so tied to it. We're so in it, right, on a day-in, day-out basis. We're, we're, we're such diehard fans that, uh, you know, some might, some might uh, advise against me saying this. But, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's just sports. It, it's not life or death. And it's okay to just kind of laugh it off at times and just, you know, just, just go with the flow and enjoy it for what it is. And so the conversation that I had today – with Dana Beers, I think is certainly representative of that. It was a good time, a lot of fun. Of course, he is going on his official visit this weekend, going to make his decision on which school he'll be a fan of on, uh, I believe it's Monday, right? Yeah, Monday, uh, excuse me, Monday, November the 21st is when he'll make that decision. So, really, conversation, man, with Dana Beers. Great time cutting it up with him, chopping it up. Uh, tons of fun, for sure. Um, again, guys, yeah, appreciate y'all tuning in. We're going to have my good friend Anthony Treesh on the show here shortly. We will have Anthony Treesh on the show. Uh, really excited to get his feedback, his thoughts on everything. Don't really know how much numbers there are really to break down from the game, more so from the Florida side probably, but really excited to just get his thoughts on everything regarding Gamecocks football. And like I said, in the meantime, we're taking your questions, your comments, and your calls. Frank, what's up, man? Appreciate you tuning in. Ethan Dalton says, in all seriousness, hope you'll have a healthy game. No injuries. Go Vols, as always. Rattler or Satterfield isn't the answer. I'd roll with Doty 
Ethan then says he's got 54 to 20 volunteers. We got a Tennessee fan in the chat. Okay, Stephanie Lee, what's up? Xavier, appreciate you tuning in. Um, anyways, guys, thank y'all so much for being here. Um, I'll say this just kind of on a random side note. Probably, you know, we've only got two games left. Not not right now, but after the regular season, I think I'm going to play around with the studio setup a little bit. I really loved the vibe at the Cigar Lounge in Hilton Head. I, I really, really did. So I, I might kind of try to set up something like in the corner of this room, kind of with the same type of setup, right? The the little table to the side, the plant in the background. The, the, the vibes there were just – I mean, they were just immaculate. You know what I mean? They were just immaculate. So, anyways, uh, guys, again, appreciate you all tuning in. Like I said, podcast dropped this morning. Best bet for South Carolina, Tennessee, as well as SEC gambling picks for, you know, most label it as Cupcake Saturday. And there are some cupcakes. Some fun games, though. There's some really fun games, though, as well. So, um, you guys saw too, I'm locked in Tennessee minus 21 and a half. I, I, I guys, there's just, you know, I, I will say this, my good buddy, Brad Crawford, we were texting this morning and he did point out that, you know, what does, what does Vegas know? Right. Because the spreads 21 and a half, um, you know, the line hasn't moved, even though like 90% of the money's on the game, or excuse me, on Tennessee. So, you know, what does Vegas know? I, I I don't know, but guys, you're, you're sure as hell not going to find me betting on Carolina. I mean, there's just that I have seen, I have seen nothing. And again, maybe this is why Vegas is Vegas, and we come out, we play some some spirited ball game at Williams Bryce. But you know, I, I I just don't see any reason to believe that anything other than what I think is going to happen is going to happen. And, and I hate spoiling my score prediction so early in the week. But I mean, guys, this ain't the place to come if you want to if you want to hear you know, what's the path to the upset? And, you know, could Tennessee come out and play their worst game of the season? Sure. I mean, sure they could. It absolutely could happen. But we are what we are, I think, at this point. Let's jump forward. Will from Dirty Myrtle. Will, what's up, man? How are you? Doing good, bro. How about you? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Uh, Just calling to uh, say a couple things. I, I just – it's funny how college football works, man, and how – you know, different parts of the season just feel so different because, you know, coming off of that Texas A&M game, there was just so much positive energy in Carolina and so much we could, you know, possibly accomplish this year. And then now a couple games later, you know, it, it looks like, you know, we could really be ending the season on a three-game losing streak and it just feeling almost like wasted momentum this year, you know. And and I hate that. And, and also – just want to get your opinion on if that does happen, if the offense just shits the bed the next two games and we look terrible, which is possible, and we win six games this year, do you think – and I'm not saying I feel this way, but do you think it's at that point people are going to start saying, okay, is Beamer the guy? I know Marcus Satterfield is going to get the majority of the blame, but mm. do you think anybody's going to start questioning, is he the guy, if it's a six-and-six six year ending the way it ends? Mm. I mean, I think people are already starting to do that. If you if you just look at social media, I mean, I don't I don't think it's a, I don't think it's anywhere near a majority right now. But I think people are already questioning Beamer just because, um, you know, he hasn't made the move on Marcus Satterfield. Well, I, I hate to cut you off early. We got Savelle Newton calling my phone right now. Let me see what Savelle wants. Oh, let, let me. Yeah, yeah. I understand, brother. Yeah, call call back in, my yeah. guy. We'll talk I'll soon. Call you later, bro. Yeah. 
call from. Savelle Raphael. Accept. Press one. Here we go. Press two. This should be fun. Savelle, what's up, ma'am? Man, I'm the Gamecock buddy. What's happening? Dude, what's going on? You know you could have just called my personal line, by the way. I I, I mean, I, I appreciate I hey, you. Gave no, me, I know. I appreciate you calling in the uh, the phone line, if you will. But, no, it's, it's great to hear from you, man. I know we've had a couple of listeners encouraging you or, uh, you know, urging you to call in. So, I'm glad. Uh, I appreciate you taking the opportunity, man. It's like I told you on the Twitter space, uh, what was it, Friday before Florida, I guess, that, you know, your voice is one that is – that is valuable in the Gamecock space. And I'm really happy that you choose to use it and be honest and call things for what they are. And just, uh, I think you're a great representative of the university of South Carolina. So I appreciate you calling in, man. Yeah, man. It's it's a a privilege always Mm -hmm. to to stand up. You know, a lot of people think what I say is negativity, but if they only knew that I speak from a place of like, listen, I didn't, I didn't gave, I done, I done been arrested for the university. I done been, I done been, <laughs> I done been everything for the university. So why would I have to be negative if I just want things to not be mediocre? Right. No, for sure. I, I know exactly where you come from. And Savelle, let's dive into it, man. <sighs> the weekend, my God. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I've seen South Carolina football struggle against Florida, even get blown out against Florida, but against some really good, like really, really good Florida teams, right? Like we're talking – national championship caliber, like some of the best teams in Florida history. Florida, this team is not that. I mean, you come in, they're 13th ranked, I think, in the SEC in defense. Um, You know, a lot of folks had expectations to win this game, and you put up the type of performance you did. I mean, it's really hard, Savelle, to dive into the details from a game like what you saw over the weekend because, I mean, it's it's almost like a burn-the-film type of game just – what did you see? How disappointed were you? I mean, again, offensively, defensively, I mean, you got whipped in basically all phases. I guess special teams, right? Dak Joyner had the big touchdown. Kai Kroger with the, you know, fantastic pass. Beaver ball continues to be a thing. But, like, I mean, what do you make of that game on Saturday? Is it just a burn the, fi- burn the film, turn the chapter, turn the page type of thing? Or I, what were your main takeaways from it? Well, my main takeaways from it, um, I actually got to um, watch it and then turn around and rewatch it uh, because the SEC network mm-hmm. uh, re aired the game. Um, it, it, it's more, it's more one of those things where um, it, it, it's the reality of where our team is at mm-hmm. this moment. I do, I do think, and I, I've been um, on record a couple of times this, this season in speaking and saying that I think that our talent, our talent level that we have that we brought back this year and that we were able to, acquire out of the transfer portal. Um, I think that we're so talented um, on both sides of the ball that, um, you know, we should be in a better, in a better place than, than we are. Um, I, I think that, I think that uh, Limbo has done a amazing job. I think he gets a lot of the credit, but we also know that our, uh, you know, our head coach, is definitely um, very involved um, in the special team phase of the game. So it's kind of like they're both um, tag team in that. Hmm. And I think, you know, um, the special team phase has been as as beautiful as possible as one-third of, of, of what the game in, in, entails. So when you look at the defensive side of the ball, we know that we've had a lot of injuries. We've had to start two um, um, crazy athletic dynamic safeties, um, those guys coming straight out of high school, um, one of them, never, you know, one of them playing quarterback in high school. And, and, you know, a lot of people didn't think that he could should have came to South Carolina. But mm-hmm. 
look how that panned out for him, um, Smith. So just to see and to know that that Coach White is what what he what he has done over his over his uh, two year span of being being here at Carolina is is amazing. Even with the injuries um, um, in the secondary, which I thought we had probably one of the best returning secondaries uh, with Cam Smith, Dial, and um, and um, oh my God, Darius Rush can't get it out right now. <laughs> Darius Rush, yeah. oh my God, yeah, having all of those guys, which I thought all three, I think all three of them are all, are all um, definitely NFL talent. So just having those guys and returning the, the, the um, guys that we have a, have had up front, you, you knew that Coach White was going to be able to do things. Um, I just think right now, just think right now we're struggling on the on the other phase, the offensive side of the ball, which uh, we thought, you know, getting Spencer Rattler and, um, you know, uh, transfers like Stogner, bringing those two guys in with uh, Christian Bill Smith, uh, adding another aspect to the to the um, the three-headed uh, punch that we should, should have had speed. Um, a little bit of both with Marshawn Lord and, and, and Bill Smith, kind of the same back. I thought, you know, we would have a lot more um, rushing yards this year. But I just think right now we're just struggling with scheme and identity, as, mm-hmm. as I've been saying since last season. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously, Savelle, you're not one out here that's going to say that we don't have the talent. That is certainly – I mean, I, I know you've went on record multiple times and said you feel like we have the most talented group of skill position players, I believe is what you said, on offense – in the conference. And so I asked Steven Garcia this question. I'll pose the same thing to you. When you're watching our games, is it when you're watching offensively specifically, what jumps out to you? Is it schematic issues? Is it execution issues? Is it a mix of both? Like what are the main things that you're seeing offensively? Cause I mean, you know, I, I, obviously it was glaring against Florida. I mean, that one from the opening snap just was, was over for whatever reason, it was just over. And, they're trying this thing with Jaheim Bell at running back, and I've already voiced just I, I don't feel like that's really – that's the best way to use him. I, I, I feel like they're trying to just kind of patch a, you know, patch a problem because he wasn't getting touches. It's like, well, how can we get him touches as quick as possible? But you're not really solving the problem. Um, so, so what are you seeing? Schematically, I know that you, you've talked about it a lot, but do you see execution issues also? Is it a mix? I mean, what, what, what do you, where do you fall in the offense? So right now, right now, I think I think it's just in between. It's like I said, it's um I I've said identity uh, like I said since last year, and like what are we doing type thing. It's kind of like you know even um I know the 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 remarks of what uh what Spencer said as far as like just getting a better grasp of of what's going on week to week and things like that. And to hear uh, earlier um you know Van on on the uh, him and uh, he and Rush um when they do their uh, podcast to hear him say, you know, like similar same thing, things. And um, I just think right now, like we don't have like a, a quick game. We don't have a, a true quick game, which, which uh, Garcia, myself, Connor, um, Dylan, uh, all of us was, was, uh, and Blake, we, we were all blessed to have a quick game that, that, that Spurrier utilized a whole lot where it's just kind of, you know, flip your hips, throw the ball, get it out, and and let those those um, skilled guys, you know, make plays. Like we were blessed to have the Tina McKinley, the Barrel Cooper, the Debo Samuels, the the um, you know, um, going to where you had <laughs> you had so many receivers that could get the ball in space and make plays. And now that we got guys like Wells, uh, we got guys like Bell, we got guys like um, you know, um, it, it, you got Van. And we see a Xavier Leggett. I mean, Leggett, that guy returns – he returned kicks at 6'3". I mean, you know, so 
So you think about the size and talent that we have on on that side of the ball. We got to get these guys the ball quick. And as far as the rushing game, as far as the rushing game, it's kind of like it's kind of like they're trying to. I don't shit. I don't even know. I think it's like I think it's like it, it looks like like a half RPO game, uh, like like RPO mixed with a, a zone, like a zone read, or I don't know. It's so slow developing, um, and and up front to where where you know you, you it looks like the offensive line is trying to block, do all their blocks within one yard of the line of scrimmage instead of like actually creating a push up front. When you watch teams like. San Francisco 49ers. I know we're going to the professional football, but we're talking about like pro teams now that that are are, are running these more these more developed run games, but it's still pro style, but still getting the ball out quick. We've seen Debo catch a lot of slants and take it to the house. But you think about how these guys are like they're getting to creating a big push. They're using guys like um, you know like their tight ends. They're they're three different style tight ends like we have we have four tight ends that could actually play maybe four to five tight ends that can actually get on the field and play so we're not utilizing those guys inside the run game to, you know to get them back across the um across the formation or anything to create to create running running lanes and things like that um you know not a whole lot of you know fold folding and and, and pulling and things like that it's just just kind of just stay on the line of scrimmage kind of just man on man um you know zone blocking and that's why I said there's no identity. Like we got a running back that's a bruiser, that's a bruiser, but we we're not doing anything to create bruising lanes for him to run through, like we did with Kevin Harris. Um, so I, I don't know, man. Like it's 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 confusing. It's confusing and kind of hard to watch because I know if I was calling plays, if I was calling the plays, which I'm, you know, I'm I'm very capable of doing so. I'm getting the ball out the quarter out of Spencer's hands like quick. We we've been begging for a quarterback that can make all the throws for years and years and years and years. And now that we finally got one, now we're asking him to sit and to sit and wait mm-hmm. on, on receivers to run across the formation and and, and cross over. Uh, 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 Coach Burr used to call it a Kressler route, uh, but but I, I I don't know. It's just it's just very confusing and and to see. And to know that we got like like guys on the staff that's 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 very capable of making of calling the plays, also that we have stuck that we have stuck with what what's really the problem. Confusion and frustration are very good ways to describe this offense, Savell. And just just hearing you you know dissect it and go into detail, I mean it's it's. I'm just thinking back to Saturday, man. It's just so frustrating. And, and the fact that we're having a conversation about, like, finding identity, it's like, bro, we're going into game 11. Like, the identity is established. It's just bad. It's bad. It's confusing. It's frustrating. And, I mean, contrary to popular belief, and I would say the same for you, like, contrary to popular belief, we, we don't enjoy – calling for coaches' jobs. We don't enjoy – like, I'd much rather know. us go under – much rather us go undefeated and score 50 game and do like what Tennessee is doing. Would much rather that be the case, uh, but it's not happening. And, you know, I left Missouri feeling this way and I, I watched Florida and obviously I feel this way. Like, I, I don't think there should be a change because we're not scoring 50 points per game. I think there should be a change because we're just better than what we're showing. Like, we're far better. We're far no, I mean, better. It's not even close. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, you think you think about like, I mean, come on, when Spurrier when Spurry was the head coach, like, uh, when he was the head coach, I, I mean, I I can recall, you know, he, he, like times where, where he would, would, would say, 
hey guys, what you know, what what are we doing here? What are we doing? You know what? I'm calling plays. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, it, it was more of a thing where you have your offensive coordinators and you got you, you, the whole staff creates a plan. That one guy that's calling the plays, I mean, of course you're running their offense, but everyone that's on that staff that's getting paid, you know, uh, getting paid the cash that they're getting paid is capable from all the way from the running back, uh, the running back, uh, coach to uh, we already know that step the steps um, brothers are very 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 intelligent on offense mm-hmm. so you know both of those guys I mean even though both of them are not here but they are very qualified in um, in, in in offense all the way from high school when they was at Pullian High School how how intelligent they always been intelligent um, in 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 offense and I have a guy like uh, Freddie Kitchens on staff. That that you know, <laughs> I mean, my guy, he did it on a professional level. So we got all of these guys that that's qualified to, um, you know, I don't know what's going on because I'm not around. But it's just I'm just saying, speaking from a a, a an actual fan, um, you know, like a coach, a couch coach, as they mostly say. Um, but speaking from that side that side of the field, um, and being in the stands or being in front of the television, it just seems that. Everything is on the one guy, and 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 if that's the case, sometimes you gotta you gotta make a decision, uh, you know, like to re, like either replace or 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 try to promote within. If you don't want to, like you don't have to get rid of a guy, but I mean promote within, and or, or you know what I'm saying you don't have to do it publicly, but you can do it to a to a place to where there's a change that can be seen because even after the Vanderbilt game, we were like, well, we don't think he was calling the plays, but hell, then we go back to the, we come right back to the Florida game. And then we like, okay, fine. You know, but, but like you said, not calling for anyone's job, but we're definitely calling for some form of change. So now let's switch gears a little bit. Um, you know, the highs are extremely high and the lows are extremely low in SEC football. You've obviously felt that, you know, being in the locker room, um, it's funny when fans look back, right, on, on different eras and different times, and they, they remember all the happy times. They, they forget, like, the, the turmoil and the, and the controversy. And, like, even 10 through 13, like, we lost games and people got pissed. And, you know, it's just the nature of it, right? Gamecock fans are passionate. College football fans are passionate. They care. But I, I want to switch gears and ask you about uh, just Shane Beamer as a whole. You, you know, when you, when you start to lose and it's ugly, chirping starts to happen and, and, uh, you know, I think right now, obviously, the offensive coordinator is catching most of the heat. But w- what do you make of, you know, you, you got Beamer addressing yesterday in the presser, the, the find some joy comments, and there's just, just there's just you know, uh, an, an unsettled fan base, if you will. And I don't, I don't think Gamecock fans are impatient, but I do think they're tired of watching their team get blown out and blown out in big games and – um, you know, you look at the first two seasons and, and, and the wins that you have and, and the competition it's against. And when you go up against better competition, the games just generally have not gone that well. Um, but what, 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 do you, what do you make of Shane Beamer right now? I mean, obviously, I think you're a Shane Beamer guy. You're behind him. But I just wanted to give you the opportunity on, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like when you were playing for Coach Spurrier and you were at Carolina, you know, Coach Spurrier was going to get five, six, seven years to get it going. He was a national championship coach, Hall of Famer, had the benefit of the doubt. I mean, you see it, man, now in college football and just in coaching in general, you, you, you just don't get that time, man. It's like if you're not winning by year four, you're out of there. And so, I mean, whether that's fair yeah. or unfair, it's just – it's the nature of the beast at this point. So, uh, you're just overall thoughts on, like, state of the program right now, Shane Beamer, you know, et cetera. 
Well, I mean, first first of all, you know, um, I don't know how many fans or or, or, or whomever get to, you know, to see this thing or, or to hear this thing. Um, you know, at the end of the day, like my, my thoughts are saying Beamer, I think he I think he is um, you know, he, we, we hired we hired him and I think he is the guy. I think that, that he is the guy. But, you know, uh, as far as like Everybody, everybody feels like it's like getting a community, a community position where you're in leadership and, and you want to, you want to gain, you want to gain the community's trust that I'm the nice guy. And, 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 and being the nice guy sometimes isn't always what's needed. So, um, you know, I, I would love to see, you know, see him, you know, as, as we hearing all these, you know, coaches and things, uh, players starting to say things, this thing called stick your cleat in the ground, whatever that crap means. But, you know, I just want to see, you know, see him make the hard decisions because the hard decisions are, you know, um, you know, being in a, a management leadership master's program, the hard decisions are the decisions that can, can, can keep, you know, your, your a business or a program from falling. So at the end of the day, that those hard decisions are the one you the ones you got to actually make, and, and and you do it with love, and 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 you keep going because it's it's a program, and you want to see it go forward. So as far as to find some joy, um, comment, I I, I kind of knew that that was kind of in reference to the to the um probably to the tweet that I put out and, and started some uh, rough roughed a little bit of feathers, but at the end of the day, um, you know. If, if if he's true about what he said, I apologize for it. Um, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm willing to be accountable, um, and I think that's what <clears throat> these guys lack is accountability. But I'm willing to be accountable for my comment that I made if that was truly what it was said for. But it just seemed like when you when you are in that position, when you address one part of of you know one half or one third of a fan base you address it that way. You don't, you don't address it as a whole. Yeah. You, you address it in the state, in the state of like, I'm speaking to those who, who need to find some joy. Right. Uh, you know, y'all, you guys find some joy because we, the ones are, are who have joy, we're happy, but, but, but to be honest, nobody's really happy what's going on right now. We, we all need to, to try to try to find some joy. Uh, but, but the joy is going to come from, you know, the hard decisions that needs to be made, the changes that needs to be made. And and that's when things are start are going to start. So I just, you know, I think Shane Beamer is the guy, the player. I can tell the players love him. I can tell like, um, you know, the staff, those who work inside of the buildings. I can tell that they they love him. You can tell he's truly a family man. I mean, um, you know, coming from his background, um, you know, from his from from watching and being able to see, you know, the things that 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 his dad did and be respected because uh, I followed his, you know, I followed. Um, his dad, you know, his dad's program all the way from when he had the big brothers because my whole goal was I was a African American quarterback coming up and I'm looking at Mike Vick and I'm like, man, this coach is, is playing Mike Vick. I want, you know, this is the things I want to do, you know, blah blah blah. So you know, to respect him all the way from from that time when I was coming through my recruiting time. So I think I think he's 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 that guy and and he's gonna be that guy. But I would just like to see him, you know, probably just. You know, put on put on, put on his big boy put on his big boy tights and 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 make some tough decisions. It's not like you burning a friendship. It's mm-hmm. just like you just saying I'm not about to burn. I'm not about to burn what 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 God has blessed me with either because you're underperforming. Savelle, I appreciate you taking the time to call in, man. Last thing before I get you out of here because I know you're a very busy man. The game this weekend, um, South Carolina 
huge underdog, I, I, I think most of the fan base, and understandably so. I, I don't think people are trying to be doom and gloom, but th- th- this this football team hasn't given many folks a reason to get their hopes up extremely high for this weekend when you when you take into account the task at hand. Tennessee, the best offense, I'd say, in college football. I mean, they've just run it up on everybody not named Georgia. Hell, they just scored 66 on Mizzou, which has one of the best defenses in the SEC. Uh, I guess there's nowhere to go but up on the offensive side. I, I mean, <laughs> if there's one weakness Tennessee has had, it's been their defense. What do you look for in a game like this on Saturday? I just want I just want the talent to be used, man. Like like hell, you know, we don't win the game. We don't win the game. Just just put on put on a show, man. Like go out there, um, have fun. I just I just did a um, I just did coach my first. Um, you know, uh, powerlifting competition with one of my uh, one of my clients, and I hell, I didn't know nothing about coaching a powerlifting competition. But one of the things that I said is like, hey, you know, we're going out here to have fun. Like, we we gonna have fun. We if we win, having fun, it's 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 gonna be even better because we had fun winning, and 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 we use the talent. You just take the talent, you utilize it, and once you utilize it, give those guys a chance to win. The coaches cannot get on the field and play the game, but they can, they can, you know, what I'm saying prevent what can happen on on the field while the while the game is being played. So if the talent is being used, then it 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 it, it gives us an opportunity. I don't care who Tennessee is. Um, it's still it's still the SEC foot. It's still SEC football. Those guys didn't just grow didn't just grow a whole bunch of apples uh, over the off season that we didn't grow. And, and you know what I'm saying, so I'm just saying like we have the same helmet, the same shoulder pads, the, the, you know, what I'm saying the same lines that's on the field that we can go out and whoop that, you know, whoop their ass on any day. So if that's the opportunity that we have, like just use the talent, let the talent win the game, hmm. and, and and don't don't prevent the talent, you know, don't withhold the talent from being used in the way that it that it should be used, and then we got a chance. We know we're not going to lose the game on special teams. Uh, you know what I'm saying? We know that Tennessee is going to score points, but hell, we can score points too. So, so if that's the point, if that's the plan, and if we got we got the opportunity to do it, we go out and showcase, you know, showcase uh, offense also, and then we can look at Coach Satterfield and say, hey man, dang, you know, may, maybe you do know a little bit about about offense. So we can look at, you know, what I'm saying things like that. But but at the end of the day, utilize the talent. The talent's there. Mm-hmm. It's no excuse. I'll take our talent over Tennessee talent any day. I'll take our talent over anybody really pretty much in the SEC. Uh, Jaheim Bell is no different than Brock Bowers at, at, at the University of Georgia, except his, he's not being utilized like Brock Bowers. I mean, you take those guys, you exchange them, Brock Bowers is going to be unproductive because he's in our system, and, and Jaheim Bell is going to, going to be the man. So it's the same thing. It's just use the freaking talent. If you can't use the talent, get out the way. Let somebody else do it. I mean, we got – we got former players like Bennett Swagger. We got guys all over the place. Eric Henry. We got all these different guys that know a lot about football. That 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 is out here that can that can make things shake and change on on the offensive side of the ball as a coach uh, as coaches. So if we're not going to utilize the talent, then I mean hell, like get just 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 take take the broom, take the broom and sweep the floor, and 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 then then then, then we make moves. I mean why wait? I ain't, I'm not a waiting type person. I'm I'm like you know. If you walk in, you walk in on your girlfriend's team. What you just gonna wait till the end of the year to say, "Hey, baby, I'm kicking you out." No, baby, you gonna you gonna say it's time, it's time for you to go. You know, <laughs> it's time it's time for you to go. And let's say, hey, you know what I'm saying. So, so 
I mean, baby, it's time to go. So it, it, it's one of those uh, things. And, you know, I like to use, I like to use funny analogies because it makes everything fun to let them know that, <laughs> that it's just sports. It's just sports, but it's life, man. Preach, Seville. Preach. I, I love that. I love that. Round of applause for you, sir. Hey, thank you for calling in. Um, I don't know if you can see the comments, man, but I do want to let you know. People love Savelle Newton. They, they've they've been they've been commenting, saying they appreciate, you know, what you the, the the role you serve now. Also, of course, what you did in the Garnet and Black. And uh, I'm blessed to call you a friend, my man. I appreciate you calling in. It's always great to hear from you. Get your insight again. I love the fact that you call it as is and and you speak your truth. And uh, again, your insight's very valuable to the Gamecock community. And and uh, I, I truly do appreciate you, my man. Let's make this a more common thing. Well, make it happen, brother. All you got to do is let me know. I don't care who it is. I mean, if, if anybody trying to start something, do something, yeah. I'm I'm just the humble guy that I've always been, and I won't change. You're the man, Savelle. I appreciate you. We'll talk soon. All right. All right. Sounds great, man. Absolutely. Great stuff. Savelle Newton. I, I, that, <laughs> that last analogy, man. That last analogy, that's just incredible. That, that final analogy is awesome. Great stuff. Guys, if uh, – if our interface is cutting out a little bit here and there, I do apologize. I tell you, I think it's having the phone line plugged in. That's what does it. Having the phone line plugged in. Because, again, when I do a podcast, it never happens. But, anyways, appreciate y'all rocking and rolling with the punches. Uh, I don't know what that means for Anthony Treesh. Uh, let's see. I mean, I love Anthony Treesh, but... You know, we had to take that Savelle call, man. I think Anthony will – I think Anthony will understand. I think Anthony will understand. We'll see if he can come in for about five, ten minutes, nothing crazy. Um, I know he's probably up against it. If not, guys, again, we're taking your questions, your comments, your calls as well, 843-790-3377. And yeah, I mean, I, I really do appreciate Savelle, the fact that, again, you know, it's, I, I don't know why it's such a thing or why it's such a dynamic – um, there are just not many people that are willing to on the college side of things, or maybe it's just in life in general, right? It, it's going against the grain and it's, and it's being bold and it's being daring. And there just aren't a ton of folks that are willing to do that. So here we go. Frank, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, how you doing, my man? I'm doing well. Appreciate you. Appreciate you calling in. What's up? That was a, that was a great call right there. Very nice work. Yeah, no, Savelle's the man. I, I appreciate him calling in, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun to hear from him. Be uh, not not trying to rush you off. By the way, we do have Anthony Treese waiting, so go ahead and fire away with your question, and I'll uh, I'll take it off air, and then we'll go from there. I, I apologize, yeah. he, he just jumped in. No, I can. You want me to call you back? I can do that. If if you want, yeah, give me a call in the uh, in the second hour. We'll we'll, we'll take nothing but calls. In you the got it, hour. Yeah, Frank, you're the man. You I appreciate it. you yeah. being understanding. Thank you. Awesome stuff. All right, let's go ahead and get him on. I know we're uh, I'm running behind today, a little bit late today. Anthony Treesh, Pro Football Focus, joins us. And, Anthony, the good news is this. Obviously, again, you're a busy man. I'm a busy man. When you have a game like you had on Saturday, it's not really a whole lot to talk about, man. Anyways, what's going on, brother? I appreciate you. Great to see you again. Yeah, happy we were able to get this worked out. Uh, busy time of the year, um, the end of the yeah. season. It's uh, crazy that we're at this point. But, yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to go – deep into watching the game um, back over with the coaches film um, like I normally do. But on first first take, I mean, it's hard to think that I'm going to see anything positive out of it because I mean, it was just an overall bad performance. I think like the biggest takeaway is just the, the defensive effort. It was, um, it was kind of shocking. 
Yeah, I mean, you look at the game, man. Not, you know, the only positive, of course, being Beamer ball, special teams, but you surrender 374 yards rushing. You go scoreless offensively. You know, it's interesting. Spencer Rattler was actually efficient in the game. Didn't turn the ball over. But, uh, you know, I think play calling issues, schematic issues, strike yet again. But, yeah, we'll, we'll start. Let's look at the Florida side of things, really, because that Gators running attack. I mean, I, I you know, I'll tell you this, Anthony. I felt confident on Florida all week. Um, I felt like they'd be able to run the ball. You know, I thought South Carolina after a, after a game against Vandy where maybe they got their feet back under them, they'd be able to take advantage of, of, a, of a bad Florida defense. I mean, statistically, they were bad going in that game. Um, but, again, I, I thought Florida would be able to run it. But 374 yards, can't say I saw that coming. I, I mean, it was, it was a, a, a Gators offensive line that just shoved around South Carolina all day long. And, obviously, they've got capable backs. Anthony Richardson played a good game. But uh, what would you see from Florida? Again, I know you said you haven't been able to go back and watch the coaches' tape. But, you know, those numbers are, uh, are jaw-dropping for sure. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's Florida's got a lot of talent. You know, they were always a team for me where, you know, even before the season, I was like, I think they're just a little bit, they, they got some room to improve. Um, a lot of raw talent. And South Carolina honestly was in the same boat. Um, expectations were a little bit higher there. But I mean, with Florida in particular, I mean, it was just, I, I mean, as good of an offensive performance um, on first review that I've had, that I've seen from them all year long. Um, I think Anthony Richardson, again, he's still a guy that's got a long ways to go. I know a lot of people said he could be the first overall pick. It's not going to happen this year, um, but he's got the tools. And I think he kind of saw that a little bit, but also, I mean, up front with Florida's offensive line, they have some guys on there. I, I love Osiris Torrance, the guard they got from Louisiana came over um, with Billy Napier. Um, I honestly think he's probably the best guard in college football. Um, they got some other um, very talented players too, but I mean, it was just, I mean, for South Carolina, entering the year, one of our first conversations, you know, why, you know, I was excited to see South Carolina football, and I think everybody else was, is that you look at that, you know, people on defense, and they have some guys on there, right? It was just about whether or not they could reach their full potential. I don't think they have this year, and I think we kind of saw that in that Florida game. Um, just kind of it, having some of those, those types of guys that South Carolina has just get manhandled like they did up front. I mean, it was just – um, a pretty disappointing effort overall. And, and, you know, you look at the run defense overall throughout the season, and it's just been super, super spotty. And um, over the course of the year, the full body of work has been one of the worst in the Power Five. Um, so definitely an area of uh, concern and as they close out the season and something to keep an eye on for next year. Anthony, do you think South Carolina would be better off offensively if they just lined up in the punt formation every play and let Kai Kroger throw it? Because I, I don't know. Some people are saying Kai Kroger for QB1. I don't know about that. Uh, I think Iowa's probably the only program that could probably get away with that. Um, but no, I mean, it's I, that's again, that's an encouraging aspect of it. Um, again, I, I've talked about it a lot and, you know, doing some work too, just with the um, NBC part of our contract here with their Notre Dame broadcast and talking about special teams. And it's the same conversation because they blocked like seven punts this year. It's, you know, it's coaching's key. You know, that that's where it really shows. And that's where Beamer Ball shows. And I think it goes back to the the overall picture of it where it's like, hey, the sky's not falling. It's not hasn't been, you know, the year that maybe Tennessee fans have gotten the pleasure of, you know, that I think some South Carolina fans thought was possible. And I thought could have happened a small percent chance, but could have happened. Um, but overall, you still got to be impressed with it because, again, special teams, that's product of coaching more than anything, I think, more than than what you see on offensive defense. And it, some people argue that based off of the offensive performance this year. Um, which I, I think has is a little bit of an outlier in a bad way. Um, 
But, you know, overall, I guess that is an encouraging aspect of it. And again, the sky's not falling. And that's another piece of the puzzle there. But no, I definitely, you still got to have seven back there to drop back. You're in, no bench in Spencer Rattler. There's no reason to do that. Yeah. You look at Tennessee, uh, obviously a really tough task for the Gamecocks this weekend. I mean, again, you, you do what you did against Florida, and now you, you basically face the best offense in college football. When you look at the Volunteers, I mean, you know, they, they've had one hiccup against Georgia, who that's extremely understandable. Uh, just scored 66 on Mizzou, which – you know, ranked as one of the best defenses in the conference. They just they just did quick work with them. I mean, what makes Tennessee so good? Because I've heard from people that it's extremely simple. Like, it's it's nothing crazy, but they just got guys running wide open. Hinton Hooker's incredible. What I thought was interesting, I think Kirby Smart said this, but I heard somebody bring it up. People don't realize how much Tennessee runs the ball. Like, they run the ball more than they throw it, I believe. So, when you look at Tennessee, like, what jumps out at you that just makes them so tough to stop? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a big part there, the run game, because, I mean, it, it is a super simple offense. And that's why, you know, you won't hear me say it. You're not going to hear a lot of people say Hinton Hooker's probably – he's going to get drafted, but, you know, it's not going to be a, probably a first-round guy. I would be shocked if he got in the first round, and I think it would be a little bit of a mistake. Um, very – he's perfect for what Tennessee's doing, but it's a super simple offense. And, you know, you look at what Coach Heupel brings, and I've talked a little bit about it, but they're just super – Super spread out. They'll spread you out more than any other Power 5 team will. They don't run that condensed stuff, um, and they play with tempo. They play fast, and, you know, they have fast receivers. Jalen Hyatt, one of the fastest receivers in college football, um, he fits that system like a glove. And, you know, you look at the run game. The, the big thing there is, you know, you, ha you have a good backs, but you have Hinton Hooker, who's also a threat on the ground. Um, and I think, honestly, that's probably his best attribute, what he can do in the ground game. He can carry out the offense from a passing perspective. Obviously, there's no doubt about that. But the threat of him on the ground, it adds a completely different element to this offense that makes it as dangerous as it is because now you got to worry about pretty much everything, right? And at that point, if they have the numbers, they will run it on you. They'll run those zone reads, and it makes it a little bit more difficult. But at the same time, if you try to load it up, you know, you try to stop the run. That's all right. You know, you play that single high safety. We're going to have Jalen Hyatt run a nine route down the sideline, and we're going to get a 45-yard touchdown, whatever it may be. I mean, that's that's essentially the formula. It's There's no complex reads at the quarterback position. A lot of play action. Um, you have those RPOs in there as well. It, it, it is just, a, I think, probably a master class on, you know, how to be successful. And, you know, I remember, I mean, I probably need to do some digging work to pull these up. Me and my pal Seth Kalina here at PFF, we talked about this hire uh, with Coach Heupel a few years ago when he came over from UCF. And we were very curious to see how this offense was going to translate. Um, but, you know, we thought it would translate pretty well. Um, you know, I'm going to be curious to see how defenses defend it in the years to come and how they can kind of adjust to it. But right now, it, I mean, it's, it's as potent as advertised. And it's going to be really tough. And I think you look at the South Carolina defense right now, I mean, they could, Tennessee could very well have their way with this group. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, Anthony, this feels like a game as many as Tennessee wants to score versus as many as South Carolina can score. <laughs> I hate to say that, but that's what it feels like at least. Um, you know, it's – it's uh, honestly, Anthony, it's just so frustrating talking South Carolina's offense because, again, we just had Savelle Newton, former Gamecocks quarterback, call in. You know, I've talked to Steven Garcia. I've talked to many others. And, I mean, we're literally going into the 11th game of the season talking about identity. And it's just like, what, what are we talking about? Like, 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 you are what you are. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you're going to go out there and throw up another goose egg. But, you know, we, we, we've seen this offense at times have a little bit of success. 
But it's like, I don't even know where to start in, in regards to talking about, well, this is what South Carolina should do offensively against Tennessee because it's like, it doesn't even matter who they're playing at this point, man. It, it, it's, it's outside of Vandy. They've struggled in practically every single SEC game to move the football. And I think that's why inevitably you're going to see changes at offensive coordinator. I know Tennessee hasn't been great defensively, but I, I think this is more about South Carolina's issues versus what Tennessee's got going on. 100%. I, yeah, it's, it's to the point where, you know, as said each week, it's just like, you know, maybe we'll see it this time. We saw it against Vandy, but as we talked about, it's Vandy. I know they had a big win against Kentucky, but they're still uh, defensively. They're not quite there yet. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think you got to look at this group at this point and just kind of recognize just everything, not just, you know, Spencer's, I would say, struggles, um, but really everybody. You know, the whole Jaheim Bell situation, too. It's just very suspect in a way. And we won't we don't know what those conversations are behind closed doors. We don't know, you know, how people are communicating. Uh, We don't know who's kind of if there's a lot of, you know, you you can be listened to, but not necessarily heard, if you know what I mean. You don't know if that's kind of going on there with the way everything's being constructed, but from an offensive perspective. But, yeah, it's just very questionable. And at, at this point. It's hard imagining we're going to see anything different from every other SEC game outside of the Vandy one um, this weekend and probably the next week, too. Um, it's going to take a collective team effort to pull some some miracle out, and uh, to be quite honest. So um, it's just very – it's head-shaking in a way. And, you know, at, at least I guess if there's a glass-half-full approach to this, you're probably going to see seven return next year. And, you know, I think that's when you can kind of get those expectations and hopes back up with the – you know, potentially a new person running and designing the offense. And because, again, it's not like um, it's not like this is a former five star. Like you look at the JT Daniels situation, you know, everybody said when he transferred to Georgia, oh, this is a Heisman guy. He's going to he's going to be ex- excellent, whatever. I mean, JT hadn't been playing great like his freshman year before he tours ACL sophomore year. He was or he was objectively bad. Right. He was not good. Spencer Rattler. Again, we've talked about it in nausea. He's shown he can play at a super high level. So I guess that's the that's the glass half full approach. And I, again, at this point, um, you're South Carolina's in a bowl game. I mean, they're still at this point where South Carolina was a couple of years ago. I've seen you tweet it. It's just the fact that they're competing is quite impressive. Yeah. Um, so I guess there there is plenty of reason to be excited. But I was actually talking with um, um, a few different people, just like the the expectations just across the country. Um, just every single fan base is just really pressuring and a lot of coaching staffs. As soon as they take over a job, it's no longer like, Hey, we got a few years. It's, we got to win this year. I mean, it's, um, you don't have a lot of margin for error there. Yeah. And I think especially when you factor in what Clemson and Georgia are doing and have done. And, and I, and I would say this too. And I, and I said this yesterday on social media, you know, Anthony, I, I, I think he is back, but I, I'd love to see Spencer Rattler back under a different OC because I, I, I do, and maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. I still believe Spencer Rattler's a good quarterback. I think he's in an extremely flawed system, but I think he, I still think he's a good quarterback. And, and I would say this too. I'd much rather have seven come back under a new OC than, than, than throw out there some guy that's on the roster. And, and there's capable guys on South Carolina's roster, but nobody who's even remotely proven. So I'd rather roll the dice one more year with this guy. Like you said, that that's played at that level and, uh, you know, we'll kind of see what happens. It'll be really interesting to see. Uh, last thing, Anthony, before I get you out of here again, I know you're a busy man and I appreciate you taking the time. Um, is it as simple as Tennessee is just going to blow the doors off Carolina? Is the 21 and a half? I think it's really interesting, right? Because 
I think all the money or, or most of it is on Tennessee, yet that number sticking at 21 and a half. I really thought the game was going to open at 24, 24 and a half. So does Vegas know something we don't, which is typically how it goes, but do they know something we don't? And the Gamecocks are going to play a spirited effort after after getting embarrassed in Gainesville, or do you think Tennessee – uh, because of, you know, just who they are, but also needing style points, right? They need to impress to uh, to fight for a playoff spot. How do you see this one playing out? Is it as simple as Tennessee wins and wins big on Saturday night? Yeah, I mean, I'm still right there with you. I mean, I still think Spencer's a, a great quarterback, and hopefully he comes back But as far as this weekend goes. I was pretty surprised, too. Um, honestly, I think this is probably going to be a 30-point game if everything kind of continues, I mean, if nothing changes, it's, it's gotta be a 30 point game. Maybe something does, but it's kind of wishful thinking. I think, I think at this point in the season, so I kind of see it in that, you know, 40 to 10 type of game, um, 40, 13, something like that. So I was kind of surprised with the spread. Maybe they know something. Um, maybe they're just concerned, you know, maybe you know, South Carolina having a little bit of a home field there, but you know, I, I still think overall this is probably going to be a big Tennessee game. And I'm sorry, that's my puppy squeaking his boy in the back. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. You're good. No, I, I I tend to be right there with you. Again, my best bet I dropped her today, man. Tennessee minus 21 and a half. It might lose, but hey, either way, either I win money or I'm happily surprised that the Gamecocks played a lot better than I expected. So, Anthony Treesh, Pro Football Focus, joins us every Wednesday. Anthony, I appreciate you. I know we won't talk to you next week. Obviously, Thanksgiving holiday, people are traveling, all that good stuff. So, enjoy your Thanksgiving, my friend. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Likewise, brother. Looking forward to the next time. Yeah, man. Appreciate you. Great stuff. Anthony Treesh. Appreciate him as always taking the time. Like I just mentioned, guys, Anthony Treesh will not join us next week. What we'll probably try to do, and I'll see if JC can do it, we'll probably try to slide JC to the Wednesday spot because there will be no TDC next Thursday because, of course, it is Thanksgiving. Guys, we're going to jump into our first break, but on the other side, I want to hear from you, all of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Again, the phone lines, guys, are wide open. Appreciate your patience. I know we've had a ton of guests today here on this Wednesday, but hey, love it. Savelle Newton, that was a legendary call. Uh, Savelle reaching out, I appreciate it. I believe it was Jeff Gulledge, by the way, who actually dropped the number for Savelle Newton. I saw Jeff um, I saw Jeff reaching out to uh, Savelle on Twitter, so I appreciate that, Jeff. And again, man, you guys have a huge impact on this show. If there's certain guests you want to see on or players call in or or whatever, um, you guys make a huge impact. So I appreciate Jeff doing that. And I mean, Savelle's insight was incredible. And Anthony Treesh, obviously, as always, I appreciate him taking the time. Always a pleasure to hear from him and get that pro football focus insight. But uh, yeah, again, phone lines will be wide open the rest of the way. And I do want to hear from you. I, I will say this. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this as I was talking to Anthony Treesh, right? And you know, they're all important, right? The final home game of the 2022 season. It's senior night, right? They're going to be a lot of great players that'll be honored. Um, but most likely, right? Most likely, South Carolina's not going to win the football game Saturday night. But I tell you this, this is a very, very important game for, you got two games left, right? You got two games left. 
And while you may not win, we talk about the way you win and lose. The way you lose this game matters. Like, do you want to have any hope, any shot of upsetting Clemson? Like, like, do you want to have any shot? If you go out there and you lose to Tennessee, let's say, God forbid, 56 to 35, you cover the spread, you score some points offensively, and you at least feel like, okay, you know what? You know what? We got a little something here. Maybe we can take this in Memorial Stadium and we can pull the upset. But you go out there and you lose 49 nothing, 56-3, to 66-10. You might as well just go ahead and pack it up. So setting yourself up for the rivalry game, because guys, as we all know, right? We all know, and I'll talk about this next week. We all know that as rough as the season has been, you win that game against Clemson, all sins are forgiven, right? All is right in the world. The season by a large portion of the fan base will be labeled a success just because you beat that team from the upstate. And if nothing else, it'll give us something to feel very good about in closing this year, right? A, a, a once-looked-at bitter type of season will all of a sudden have a sweet spin on it. So you may not beat Tennessee. You most likely won't. But going out there and actually putting on a show, as Savell Newton said, and playing some good football and having just something to feel positive about, something to feel good about, going into next weekend in the rivalry game, it's got to start this weekend, though. It has to start this weekend. So I, I, I just, you know, Phil says, breaking the streak when no one is expecting it. I mean, you never know. I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, you look at Clemson. I, I know they're, you know, they got blown out at Notre Dame. They just took down Louisville, whatever. Like, they're they're beatable. I mean, Clemson's beatable. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, hey, right now, am I picking the win over Clemson? Absolutely not. Why would you? Guys, we just lost by 32 to Florida. Like, you, you shouldn't be picking us to beat anybody, right? Till we see it on the field. And I get the whole things are never as good as they seem, bad as they seem, nonsense. But, I, I mean, you are what you are right now. But... Clemson's not an offensive juggernaut like Tennessee. Tennessee's a much, in my opinion, it's a much more difficult game. It's a much more difficult game, right? But it, it, it's got to start this weekend. It has to start this weekend. Anyways, guys, um... Shulin says, Chris, can we talk about Beamer walking back to find some joy comments yesterday? Shulin, I'll be honest. I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it, man. I mean, I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I said what I said after he made the comments. I will apologize for, you know, if it wasn't a shot at the fan base in regards, like, and realistically, I don't think Beamer meant for it to come off as such. I don't know that he did. I don't think that he did. And, and kind of like Savelle said, if if that's how the comments were really meant, then you know what? I, maybe I shouldn't have. Maybe, maybe he shouldn't have. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything on it, right? Maybe I just should have kept my mouth shut. But you know what I thought? And I thought about that, guys. But you know what I thought? That Sunday, I was like, you know what? I haven't built this business. I have not built myself 
as a content creator. Like, my brand ain't, well, don't be real. Don't be authentic. That's how I felt. When I heard it, that's how I felt. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to speak my truth. And so that's what I did. I'll say this. The find some joy thing, it still doesn't make any sense in my opinion. Because, and I just said I wasn't going to talk about it, but I feel like I need to express this part of it where it's like, you know, and I love Shane to death. Obviously, guys, Beamer Ball to the Moon, but it's like Shane Beamer says, Shane Beamer says, you know, I was speaking to the to the portion of the fan base that uh, you know, was just was just doom and gloom after they found out Marshawn Lloyd, you know, was was out with an injury. And but then he also says, you know, it's not like I was on my phone before the game, but so so you're you're just assuming people were that way. You're just assuming, and so you're throwing out this statement because you're under the assumption that people were doom and gloom when they saw Marshawn. Like, there's just a lot of things in it, guys, that don't add up. And it's, you know what? I think the lesson here should be just in the future, just don't. Just, just don't. Just don't. Just don't. Because, you know, I, I've talked to former players who have said, Chris, you're missing the mark. I get what Beamer was saying. And that's fair. That's fine. And if you, if that's cool, but it's obvious that it missed. It's obvious that comment missed. And then you go get embarrassed. You know what I mean? So it's like, anyways, I I, I don't, you know, it, it's it's kind of a silly thing, if you will. Like, it's just, it's just in-house arguing, right? We're a big family and you argue with your family. That's kind of what I equate it to. But uh, I, I would, listen, I, I'll tell you this. I was surprised. I was surprised that Beamer felt the need to, to walk it back. I was surprised that he felt the need to, to address it. In any way, that, that really kind of surprised me. So, um, D.D. Short says, thoughts on the reports that Tanner was very upset after the game on Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I mean, dude, I, I screenshots have been floating around. I, I, I did, I did, I've had tons of people send me the screenshots. Because, guys, believe it or not, and there's some of you that, that there's some slap dicks out there, more of the kind of slap dick community on Twitter. But, uh there's people that think I just I live on the message boards. I'm getting all this information from message boards. Like I I never guys. I don't have an account. I I I've never been a message board guy. It's no disrespect to those guys. I was on Cocky Talk for a while, but uh, no, I'm 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 not a so I don't live on the message boards. But I've had plenty of people sending me the screenshots and yeah. I mean I I mean dude. I mean is it totally shocking to me that Ray Tanner would be furious? Uh, after that performance, how, how could you not be? I mean, any any sane, any sane human being, I feel like would be would be furious after watching that game. Uh, by the way, coordinator speaking to the media, <clears throat> Marcus Satterfield saying this on fan base on the frustration of the fan base. He says, "Quote: I have no ill will toward anybody." Everybody is entitled to their opinions. It does get tough sometimes, but you sign up for this in this profession. He also says, quote, we thought we hit rock bottom against Missouri, and then we hit rock bottom against Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would call... Uh, I would call what we saw against... I would call what we saw against... Uh, Florida rock bottom. It, it doesn't get any worse. It literally does not get any worse. Anyway, guys, phone lines are open. Hey, I know Frank called in. You want to call back in? Uh, it's wide open the rest of the day. We'll probably take another break or two, but uh, no more guests. We're wide open. 
I want to say thank you to Savelle Newton for calling in. I want to say thank you to Anthony Treesh for joining us for a little bit. Um, I know those gentlemen are, are, are busy, so I appreciate them taking the time. So, uh, let's see. Shullen said, Chuck said he'd bring back Cocky Talk after Muschamp was fired. Still waiting. Cocky Talk was a lesson in how to kill a money-making website. You know, I've thought about bringing Cocky Talk back. Um, let's see. Oh, my Do Not Disturb is on. My guy, my bad, guys. The phone lines are now open. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I've thought about maybe we should bring Cocky Talk back under like a different name, but like a similar thing. You know what I mean? Have that as a message board. That'd be kind of cool. Be kind of cool. Dude, Cocky Talk was the shit back in the day, dude. Cocky Talk was awesome. Cocky Talk was, for those that didn't want to want to pay, I mean, dude, who can forget Spurticus? Spurticus practice reports. Who can forget? Good times. Here we go. Frank, what's up, my friend? I appreciate your patience. What's going on? Anytime, my man. Good work here. I appreciate it. What's up? I got a, uh, I saw something popped up on a feed uh, a couple of, maybe, maybe this morning or last night. I'm not sure I was on the move. So uh, it said, I'm trying to get the quote right, that Satterfield will not be retained at the end of the season. You got any verification on that? I mean, that's that's the hot rumor. That's uh, word on the street, if you will. I, I mean, it's so funny, man. I, Gamecock Nation, most secrets are not very well kept. So, I mean, dude, I think I think it's obvious. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd be I, – I don't think that's like a bold take, right, to say that he's not going to be the OC anymore. I, I think that's uh, – it's almost just kind of a given at this point. So, um, yeah. yeah. Super important for uh, our recruiting, you know uh, – if you're looking to recruit some uh, high-end uh, wide receivers, QBs, tight ends, and you're putting an anemic offense on the field, that's not really going to – that's not what you're trying to sell these kids. You know, they, they want to play in a dynamic offense. They want right. to score some points. So, right, right. Exactly. I'm just hoping it's not too, too little too late, you know. But uh, if that's the direction we're going in, I'm in on it. Um, I got my fire sat shirt on the way. I'll be wearing it at a watch party up here in the big city. Uh, the Mason jar, so uh, I'm sure it. that'll do as well. I love it. I, I appreciate uh, you, man. I appreciate you for doing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. I can't. I can't wear it. I don't have it yet, but I wouldn't be able to wear it down uh, down Columbia this weekend. It's going to be 38 at game time, so uh, a long sleeve t-shirt's not going to cut it. <laughs> yeah, that that that. No, nah, it's it's going to be it's going to be chilly for sure. It's going to be chilly, but uh, yeah, yeah. We'll be all ready. You know, we're hoping uh, maybe we can play spoiler over these next two weeks and. Uh, you know, get some identity. And I, again, I'm not in fantasy land here. So if, uh, yeah. if we lose a game 48 28 or 31 21 or 38 28, put some offensive drives together, score some points. I mean, um, I, I think, I think I would be happy with that kind of production. Um, you know, yeah. so uh, I, I, you know, it's funny, you know, man. I, I feel kind of like a, an old school Gamecock fan where it's like, my season is really coming down to just beating Clemson. Like, like I, I, you know, if we could somehow pull off a miracle against Tennessee, then great. But, you know, I, I just, I just want to beat Clemson, man. At this point, like that's that's the only I, thing that's really going to put a. I mean, beating Tennessee be great, but that that's the thing that's going to. I'm not going to say it, it make the season an A plus success, but man, it would yeah. be nice to salvage that. It would be so nice. 
Yeah, you're 100% right. And, and I'm not trying to call my shot right now, but, you know, my, this whole Jaheim Bell thing, I mean, he should be he should be at the slot and the tight end. If on play number one, he's a tailback, I'm going to be the guy walking out of the stadium. Mm. You know, because I'm, I'm not looking to watch a replay of what we did last week. So, uh, you know, hopefully we see something different. Um, you know, and, and here's an unfortunate dose of reality. We're going to be six and six this year unless we get a miracle over the next two weeks i mean if you look at our 2023 schedule you think fans weren't happy being one and two this year i mean we could go one in five in 2023 and there is not going to be a lot of joy to go around that is the truth my friend (laughs) that is the truth that is the truth i'm gonna let you go on that we got a lot of stuff to do so uh have a great day. Uh, maybe I'll run into you on Saturday. Frank, I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for the call. Thank you. Great stuff. Guys, you can tell I'm dealing with the uh, <clears throat> the allergies a bit. I feel like we all kind of are at this point, right? It's just that time of year. I'm a lot better off than I was a couple of – about a week ago or so, though. A, a, a week ago or so. I'm, I'm much better off than I was. Uh, guys, again, I appreciate Frank for the call. Phone lines are open. Um, yeah, I, I – I, Greg Bedinger also says in the TDC Questions channel, he says, chances of beating Clemson, 10% or less, unfortunately. Let's jump to the phone lines here. <coughs> Hall of Famer. To accept, press one. <coughs> Robbie, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing good. You doing okay? You look like you sound like you were going to cough up something. You all right? Dude, I'm just, just a little bit of phlegm, man. Phlegm on a Wednesday. It's fine. <laughs> we're, we're all good. What's up? <laughs> um... Like you've said before, right, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity, okay? And I said this yesterday, and I've said this for weeks now, actually. Jaheim Bell does not need to be at running back at all. Okay, does not have to, does not be, he does not need to be at running back at all. And we need to figure out a way to, especially this week, okay, find ways to get the ball out quickly, get some positive yardage, and keep the ball and keep. Tennessee's offense off the field. But if, if, yeah, I feel like if Tennessee gets up by 14, it'll be over. I still don't think we'll, I don't, I don't think we'll win, obviously. But if they get up by 14 and they get it rolling, it's going to be a long day. It will be, and it is not going to be fun. But, like, a lot of people have said, crazy things happen during college football season. So, you, you don't ever know. you still got to line up and play. And whatever happens, happens. The game's not played on paper, Robbie, as, as, as Robbie Davis says. That is it's a not, fact. Not, that's a fact, yeah. That is a fact. It ain't played on paper. It is not played on paper. And... 
my prediction for um, my prediction. I'll go ahead and give you my prediction now because I've been thinking about this since like Sunday, really. Yeah. I I I think it'll be it'll be ugly. I'll be shocked if we score over twenty-one. To be honest with you, with how putrid this offense has been, but I got Tennessee beating us forty-eight to twenty-one, and that's being kind to our offense, but being very kind. As a matter of fact, as I, I'm going to change that, being very kind to our offense. I got us losing forty-eight to twenty-one, and then. For tomorrow, for the men's basketball game, which if I looked at the time correctly, it starts at five o'clock on the SPMU. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got, I got us, I got, I think, I think we're good enough to beat Colorado State. I don't know how good Colorado State is, okay. But I think if we can get to seventy-five to eighty, seventy-five to eighty-five points, I think our defense is good enough to beat Colorado State 85 to 75. I love it. Yeah, I, I will dive deeper into, and we'll talk a lot about the game tomorrow. I'll dive deeper. I want everybody to know deeper into basketball um, once football's over. It, it's just kind of tough right now to to talk all the football yeah. stuff, do all the game previews for basketball. I mean, I'm not, I'm not pushing basketball to the side or anything. Like, I'll be watching the game tomorrow night, but just letting everybody know I'm not just – you know, I, I've always prided myself on not being a one-trick pony and not not just covering football, whatever. So, um, I'm excited. Actually, I'm excited yeah. to I'm excited to watch uh, to watch that basketball game tomorrow, and just watch this basketball team. You know, I, I, after beating Clemson, you're two and zero. I mean, and then uh, the women play Clemson tomorrow night at their place. I might actually go to that game. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Going into enemy territory. Yeah, but I know we're that's gonna no beat. Fun. I know we're gonna beat the shit out of them. So that's that's why it's a fun game. Like, <laughs> like the women, the women might win by a hundred. So, like, why not? And that how many how many Clemson how many Clemson fans are gonna show up to the to the women's basketball game? Like, I mean, so what? <laughs> I think we'll. I think we'll. I think we'll overrun them. I think we'll right. overrun them. Right. I, exactly. Our, our, the women's college, the women's basketball team fan base travels. Okay. I the know fa- it's the fans, but the fans, the fans, they travel. Okay. They fans travel, travel. Right. And me and my step, me and Marion R26, AKA my stepdad, we've already decided that we are going to go to a men's game and a girls game this year before the season is up. So, but yeah, that is, those are my predictions for this weekend. And uh, and it'll it, it's 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 going to probably be it's definitely going to def, most likely be a very long day come Saturday. Mm-hmm. But in one of these two games, you got to find something, right? You got to find something that you can somehow build on, especially for the last week of the season. I just, you know what, you know what my goal is. You know what my goal is. My goal is just, I don't need a win over Tennessee. I, I just need enough, enough hope to where 
I can talk my shit next week and not feel like a complete fool, right? Because if you lose 66 <laughs> to nothing, I'm going to talk my shit. But it's just not as satisfying oh, yeah. knowing in the back of your head, like, we're, we're about to get killed. You just got your brain to we're, we're, Tennessee. Yeah, and we're about to get yet, killed. But yet you're going to talk shit about the team in the upstate. <laughs> yeah. Like, last year – Last year was so fun because I yeah. actually believed we had a shot to win. I picked Clemson to win, but, like, I felt like we had a shot. Everybody did, and, of course, we got beat 30 to nothing. So, but but I, yeah. but I still felt like I had a, we had a shot. So, I just just give me enough. Yeah. Just just give me enough to go into Clemson Sucks Week, talk my talk, do my thing, create hilarious content, and, and go into the game and see what happens. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 just to just to add this to it, right? I've said this about teams that 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 we should win or that we that we should beat like a daggum drum, right? Mm-hmm. If you let a not an inferior team hang around, they if they start gaining confidence and moving the football, they they're gonna they're gonna try their darndest to beat you if not they're going to beat you indeed if tennessee comes into this game looking ahead to their next to next week we could pull off a miracle it'll be out of our butt but it'll be out it'll be a miracle yeah i mean listen from your lips to god's ears robbie from your lips to god's ears i'd love to see it but I'm gonna get off of here. Those are my two predictions for this, for uh this for for tomorrow. And of course, I got the Carolina girls picking. But I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna give a prediction. All right, I'm not even gonna give you a prediction on the girls game. That is how confident I am in the girls and and beating Clemson's ass. Okay, I'm not even gonna give you a prediction for the girls game. I love that, Robbie. It's gonna be it's gonna be ugly. We love but to hear. You have it. We love a great. Rest of your day. Again, like I said yesterday, you be careful going to your family for Thanksgiving and happy Thanksgiving to y'all again as well. But uh, have a good one, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Robbie, you're the man. Appreciate you, brother. Great stuff. Robbie Davis, just wholesome, man. Wholesome. Wholesome. Uh, Let's see. Is this a text or a voicemail? Cannot tell. This is a text. Jaden texts in. He says, I was wondering how you think we could work people like Josh Van and Dak who haven't seen the most snaps in the offense. Also, who do you think we are some of the pieces we might lose the portal after this season? He says, also my prediction for this weekend, 48 to 17. I'd imagine he's picking Tennessee. Um, how can we use Dak and Josh Van? Josh Van, I mean, he's a receiver throwing the ball. Dak, I, I I love getting him in there, quarterback and and different packages and and let him run wild, man. Let him run wild. Um, change up the tempo a little bit. You know, I thought some of the most electric plays in that Florida game was when he was under center. He was at quarterback in the shotgun running the ball. Um, pieces we lose in the portal. I, I I'm not gonna speculate, man. It's just too tough to say. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna sit here and and start a fire. Don't need to be started. We'll we'll see what happens. Will there be a mass exodus? Will there not? I have no idea. Um, Will Collins says sat gone after this Sunday. The only offensive staff member being retained is Step. 
We'll see if it happens, my guy. I did not get your message on Facebook, Will. I've not been on Facebook today. At least the messages I haven't. Um, let's see. Gene Lott says, Robbie needs to scout Colorado State. Bowl prediction. Yeah. Well, well it'll be interesting to see because I, I think, obviously, Colorado State's the best team you've played at this point. Charleston Classic. be a lot of fun. Five o'clock. Yeah, five o'clock tip. By the way, guys, I don't know if you ever heard of this show. I doubt you have because we're all Gamecocks. I am actually going on the Tony Basillo show tomorrow at 11.10 a.m. The Tony Basillo show in Knoxville, Tennessee. So it is a Tennessee Volunteers, I guess, show, radio show, whatever. I'm going to call in there, 11.10. We're going to talk a little bit Gamecocks, Volunteers. Should be a good time. Should be a good time. Um, all right, guys, we're going to jump into a quick break. On the other side, want to continue to hear from you, more of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Take your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377 here on this Wednesday, November the 16th. Guys, I do want to share some good news with you, by the way. I want to share some good news uh, on the business side of things. Had a call yesterday with our friends over at Price Picks. Of course, you see them every single day. Um, I'm not sure if I even mentioned it today, by the way. Go download Price Picks. Go to the Price Picks uh, app or go to pricepicks.com. Use the promo code TSUS to get a 100% deposit match up to $100. But anyways, had a call with Price Picks yesterday. They are extending their partnership with us through college basketball season. So I want to say thank you all so much. Hey, let's let's celebrate that, right? That's That's means for celebration. That's means for celebration. So we appreciate our friends at Prize Picks being a proud partner and sponsor of the Spurs Up show. And, uh, you know, they've been thoroughly impressed. We've had tons of signups with them, tons of folks uh, playing with Prize Picks each and every single week, every month, what have you, all throughout the football season. And so, again, like I said, we had a call yesterday. And, uh, yeah, we came to the agreement and they expressed interest to be a sponsor through college basketball season. And, of course, on our end, it was a no-brainer. So, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all again so much for the love and support. Without it, there's no way things like that would be possible. So, again, thank you. Thank you to those who play with prize picks. I know we got a lot of folks in the Big Cock Club Discord that uh, that that are that are making tons of money or losing tons of money with prize picks. So, <laughs> anyways, appreciate prize picks being on as a partner and being on as a sponsor. And, uh, you know, I, I'd love to down the road get them involved and even bigger and, and – uh, more extravagant ways, if you will, which, you know, we can, we can, we can cross that bridge when we get to it, but awesome to see. And I appreciate them. Like I said, being a sponsor of the Spurs up show. Grayson Day said, rocking my beer ball shirt Saturday. Love that Grayson. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that Grayson. Much love my friend. Coleman Hall said, unfortunately I was right about sat and I was fair in my comparisons between Beamer and other second year coaches. I mean, I, I guess, Coleman, if you want to compare, like, how things have happened to this point, fine. But does that ulti- ultimately mean that Shane Beamer's tenure will conclude the same way that those – I don't think that's fair to say. Let's jump to the ones. Dave, my friend, what's going on? Not much, man. Torian Gray must have been working with Beamer because he was backpedaling like hell. 
Um, I love it. If, if you had um, if you had signed some offense shirts, I'd probably buy one right now. Um, but um, I, I hope I hope everything's going well your way. Uh, congrats on the extensions. Um, and the way it looks right now, I'm gonna be able to make the watch party up in um, up in Columbia. Love that. Love um, look, looking forward to that. Mm. Um, wanted to get your question on uh, your answer to a question, and I'll take it off the air, of mm. course. Over and under. 5.5 players either opting out or hitting the transfer portal. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you, Dave. Thanks so much for the call. Always a pleasure to hear from uh, our good friend Dave Garrett. Over under five and a half players entering the portal. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say over. But also because the transfer portal is just so prevalent now. Like, I think the majority of these guys will probably be players that you know, haven't played a ton. Now, hopefully they're not any big, you know, big-time guys, but I think in this world of the transfer portal, um, you know, I, I, I think in the world of this tran- of, of the transfer portal, definitely, definitely you're going to see those numbers continue to increase, so. Coleman Hall says, every wide receiver should head out unless Sat's gone. Listen, Sat's going to be gone, guys. It's 110%. My, my, my biggest issue right now is I, I wish they would just go ahead and pull the trigger, but Sat's gone. Sat, Sat's, Sat's 110% gone. I'll make that guarantee with you guys. He's gone. He is gone. He's gone. So, I, I just I think it's just really unfortunate that they, they for whatever reason, and Beamer or whoever else was, was so just – so adamantly set on keeping him through the end of the year. Like, for what? You know what I mean? Like, for what? What's the point? What's the, you know, like Cardi B said, what was that reason? Like, what was the reason? Why did you keep him till the end of the season? Why'd you waste four games, Coleman? Like you said, yeah. What was that reason? Rebecca, what's up? Yeah, threw away a third of the season is what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Um, let's see. Anyways, Marcus Satterfield, Clayton White, Pete Limbo speaking to the media today. And it's just guys like, it's like I said before, when, 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 uh, when you're losing, right? When you're losing, it, it just, you know, none of, none of the coach speak is going to make you feel any better. So. Yeah, none of it's going to make you feel any better. Let's see. Rebecca, what's up? What's up, Rebecca? Becca Boo. What's up, Becca Boo? Yeah, say a prayer for sure, guys. Keep the University of Virginia in your prayers. I mean, what what happened was at UVA was was unspeakable. Just horrific. Horrific. So... Definitely keep UVA in your prayers for sure. Uh, Gene Lott says, you can see it in Sat's demeanor during the pressure. He knows his days are numbers. Coaching, poor execution, or both. Blocking's not good. 
chosen running lanes are bad and route needs to release his throws sooner when the pocket well gene I, I i just i put a lot of it on coaching so luke rj do we expect do you expect we run any obvious different plays on offense this week no no i don't no luke rj i i i i i think uh Marcus Satterfield is who he is. This offense is what it is in the next two games. I think we've got to grin and bear it. So, Luke, RJ, that's probably not the answer you want to hear. But uh, I'd, I'd just be – I'd be stunned. I'd be stunned if we did something different. I'd be stunned. I'd be stunned. I'd be stunned. So, I, 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 I'm not I, – I, guys, I am going into this weekend with zero expectations. Like, I'm excited to get to Columbia – I'm excited to stop by SEC Nation on Friday. I'm excited to maybe step out and about in Columbia Friday night. I'm excited to be at the tailgate. I'm excited to go to SEC Nation in the morning Saturday. I'm excited to hang out with Gamecock fans and and and, and meet you guys and, and hand out stickers and sell merch and sell the towels and the koozies. And I'm excited for the tailgate. I'm excited to be at Seawells. And then we have the game. That's kind of where I'm at. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm excited for the weekend. I'm super pumped for the weekend. But the game itself, it's a footnote. I, I, I hate to say that, but it's a footnote. The, the game itself is a footnote. So, and so for me, like, it's a unique thing, right? Because of business and what we're doing, like, like the, my weekends are a lot bigger than just the game itself, right? I mean, the game's huge. It revolves around the game, but my weekends are bigger than just the game itself. But, you know, for, for fans who it's just like the, the game, that's it. That's all there is. I, I understand you not being pumped. I understand not even showing up. I, I get it. Like, I, it's a sellout, by the way. Announced sellout. Kudos. Kudos to Gamecock Nation for selling out the game. Now, how much orange is in the stadium? I, we'll see. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'll be in the stadium. I'll be in there. Um, you know. Caden Gibson thinks Tennessee fans will fill up 45% of the stadium. I mean, you might be right. You uh, you might be right. So. Lance, what's up, man? Hey, hey I'll, I'll text you, Lance. We'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. I'm probably getting in Columbia Friday about 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock. Um, also want to say, guys, anybody who might be tuned in, um, you may have noticed this week, I didn't put up my normal post of, hey, order your Beamer Ball towels by Tuesday at midnight. You'll get them by the game. We've had an inventory shortage of towels. Um, I, I did not, I don't know, it, it, this, was, this was a mistake on my end. I did not realize that we were low on towels, and sure enough, we ran out as I was packaging them before the Florida game. So I know there's a lot of you still waiting. Guys, I do apologize. I do apologize for that. Um, I am picking up 1,500 more towels on Friday. 1,500 more towels. So all of the orders that are pending, people that are waiting, those will get shipped out. And I will have tons of Beamer Ball towels for sale this weekend. I'll be, I'll have them on me out at uh, Paul Feinbaum's show Friday when I stop by. I'll have them on me at... Uh, at SCC Nation Saturday morning when we go out there. I'll have them on me at the tailgate, of course, at Seawells. So, if you see me, we take cash, PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, all that good stuff. The only thing I don't take is a card right now. So, uh, we'll have the merch, the towels and the koozies. That's the only merch I'll have on hand. Everything else is at TSUS.store. Uh, so, anyways, 
Sholin says, hopefully they aren't crying towels. Chuck McIntosh in the TVC Question Channel says, bring back the bowl game offense. <sighs> I, you know, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's crazy, though, man. It, it, it's crazy how what this offense has done to people. I mean, our, our guy, Luke RJ, in the Big Cock Club Discord, I mean, his Marcus Satterfield has single-handedly broken his spirit. You know, and I know there's many Gamecocks out there the same way. You know, and I'll tell you this. There were, there were uh, some crazy expectations out there for this season, but I don't think the expectations were too high for the offense for most folks, right? Like, I think they were all pretty realistic, but you've just, you've fallen short totally. Will Collins says, Make some limbo ball towels. Uh, yeah, next joke. Um, anyways, let's see. Shatterfield, yeah. I had I had some boys at the at the watch party, uh, Carolina Alehouse, Somerville, that were saying you, you need to make a Shatterfield t-shirt, Shitterfield. Oh, yeah, just love it. <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it. Um. By the way, it's so funny too, man. We had we had a and I'll just say it, Palmetto Moon was was somebody reaching out for they wanted to get our merch in their stores and we were having conversations with them. Guys, in case you ever wondered, like, do I, you know, how badly do I want us to win? Palmetto Moon was about to order a bunch of Beamer Ball, like everything, right? Beamer Ball stuff to keep at all their locations. And they hit me up Monday and they this of this week, they hit me up two days ago. They said Hey, after the game this weekend, we're going to hold off for a little bit because we expect sales to take a dip because of how bad we look in the game. So I'll, I, I say that to say this too, guys. You guys have a major impact. So if you want like TSUS merch at Palmetto Moon, that's a place you like to shop, tell them. Tell them. Because if they hear from you enough, if they hear from you enough, they're going to be like, yo, we need to get this merch in there. So, I just want to let y'all know the impact that you have, man. I want to let y'all know the impact that you have. Um, babes and Waves, can Sat do anything with these last two games in a bowl to keep his job? No, no. Babes and Waves, I'd predict that Marcus Satterfield is out of Columbia's OC uh, the Sunday after the Clemson game, at the latest. I, I think he's done. I think he's gone. I think the decision's made behind closed doors. I, th I think it's done. I think it's a done deal. Uh, I think we're just simply just kind of waiting now. We're, we're, we're playing the waiting game, which sucks that we couldn't just let him go now and let somebody else call the plays. I don't – listen, I, I, I don't know why that's I, – I, I don't know why that's such an issue. I don't know why that's undoable. I don't know why that's a, you know, a crazy thing, but I, I guess it's – I don't know. I, I I guess it's not as simple as I'm making it out to be. So, John Gibbs says, "Chris, do you like Greenville better than Columbia?" Um, it, it's it's been a nice change of pace. You know, I I love Columbia. Greenville offers something different. Um, you know, there were reasons that I left Columbia in regards to like you know, I, and like I said, I love Cola, but I have very unique flexibility doing what I do for a living, and I want to take advantage of it. You know, I, when I got to Columbia, I didn't see it as the end-all, be-all. And I felt like um, I felt like it would have been a mistake to just, you know, plant my roots, say, you know what, this is it, I'm done. That's just not how I operate, man. So, you know, I have extremely unique flexibility with what I do. Uh, I'm blessed with that in my business. And, 
again, I want to take advantage. That's why you see me going down to Hilton Head for half a week, right? That's why you see me going to Orlando. That's why you see me going to the mountains. It's just because I can. You know, it's because I can. Like, why not? So, and I like to switch up the vibe. And I, I, I find inspiration from getting in different settings and, and, and traveling a bit and changing up the scenery a little bit. And um, so, you know, it's, uh, I, I've, I've really enjoyed Greenville. It's a beautiful city. Um, the city, like I said, the city's gorgeous. The people are great. It's not nearly as heavy Clemson as you would think, but you know, it's interesting no matter where I am, not to get too deep, you know, in it, but no matter where I am, my, my, my daily routine is pretty much the same. Um, my daily routine's pretty much the same. So yeah, but the joys in the journey, man, you got to fall in love with the little things. You got to fall in love with the in-between things. And that's what I've been able to do. And like I said, Greenville has been a nice change of pace and, you know, Columbia, I would just say this to Coleman's point, like Columbia is awesome. The people are great, but you know, it, it, living in a, living in a town driven by a college, you know, it, it, it gets a little, it gets a little old after a while. And especially, you know, I made the decision back in April to, to, you know, I gave up alcohol, quit drinking and a lot of Columbia, man, it's a party city, bro. Like if you're not partying in Columbia, what are you kind of, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, what, 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 what are you doing? So, um, but uh, no, I just wanted to switch it up, man. I, like I said, I find inspiration from de- being in different settings and different uh, different surroundings, if you will. And, you know, I might end up back in Columbia. But what people don't realize, too, is, man, there, there's seven home games a year, right, for football. Outside of that, like Columbia, when it's not game day, is just a normal place, right? It's just a normal city. Uh, and I realized last year and really over my time living there when I wouldn't go to basketball games, I wouldn't go to baseball games, I realized kind of – to be honest with you guys, like how unnecessary it was me being there, you know, that, that, that's, I kind of realized how unnecessary it was. And, and I'll be honest with you guys, I'll be transparent. They're very well, they're very well may come a point where I'm not, the TSUS tailgate's not happening. Like I, I'm not going to games in Columbia. I mean, there, there's been a lot of people clamoring for a pregame and a postgame show like I, I think a postgame show would crush a postgame show would crush but you can't do it all right it's just impossible and I mean listen it's been great I love getting there for game day and dude I, I just I love meeting people and shaking hands and talking Gamecocks and you know I, I'm still someone I believe in the power of a handshake and and uh you know seeing people face to face you know I talk to a lot of you on social media but it's 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 really cool to meet people in person and uh you know, and have those conversations and develop those relationships. And obviously we, we've also been able to, to sell merchandise, which has been great. And I've been able to sell the towels on hand and um, it's, it's been really, really cool. But um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that, that's the beautiful thing about this, man. We continue to evolve and grow and, and, and I try different things. You know, I'm, I'm, I might try it for one season. I might try it for a season where I don't go to all the home games and, and I may not like it. Right. I may switch and say, I'm never doing that again, but uh yeah, Skagerrak. That that's Skagerrak. That's really the move, bro. That's really the move, and, and that's that's a point I'd like to get to, and I will get to one day. Is having the TSUS uh, mobile home, if you will, the TSUS mobile home, and like literally having a stew in the back or having a stew in the mobile home, where like we can literally do both. We can go to every game. I mean that 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 to that to me is the next step in regards to game day for us. And whether it be, I'll say this, whether it be prize picks, whether it be someone else, you know, partnering up with, 
I think a gambling site would probably make the most sense, but partnering up with someone to where, I mean, bro, we, we, we get a bus, right. We get a bus and, um, you know, we go on the road. I mean, I, I love doing the watch parties, but I think that, I think that, you know, have a bus and have it sponsored and we go on the road and, and like we're posted up and let's say like we're, we're posted up in Clemson Wednesday through Sunday or Wednesday through Saturday. And, and, uh, you know, like, like I, I, there, there's, it's, it's cool, man. Like I said, we're, we're just starting, we're just starting. This is just the beginning. And, uh, yeah. So Gad says, what about doing a trial run on away games? Well, the tough thing is that we're, we're at Carolina Ale House and I don't want to take away from that. So, so, you know, um, Anyways, Skagarak, James Kendall. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Love it, love it. Um, babes and Waves, any more vlogs dropping? You know, Babes and Waves, I, I, you know, it's interesting. I have not dropped behind the beak. I haven't dropped, and, and, and here's the reason. Here's the reason. I am one man. You know, I've got, I've got limited time, limited resources, limited energy, right? So game day has more so become about meeting you all, shaking hands, kissing babies, all that good stuff, and selling merchandise. You know, I'm, I'm not doing any of the crazy shit I was doing before, shotgunning beers, doing all that wild stuff. But, um, you know, I, I love the vlogging side of things. But I'll be honest with you, babes and waves, and, and this is kind of when, you, when, you, when you're producing the amount of content we do, right, you, you have to be efficient with your time, right? I mean, the things that I value more than anything these days when it comes to business are flexibility and efficiency. I mean, those are the top two things I value. That's why I'm... I'm getting out remote. That's why I'm doing shows from here, from there. I mean, I'd love to make the count of cigars thing like a monthly thing, honestly. That's why I'm getting out and about. And then efficiency, right? You know, you get to a point in business. I'm not trying to give you guys a lesson on business, but you get to a point where it's like how you prioritize your day and what you do. Is this a, and, and, and it's not all about money, but you, you do kind of look at some things like, is this a money-making activity or is this not a money-making activity, right? Throw away the word work. Is it a money-making activity or is it not a money-making activity? Is it the most efficient use of my time and my energy, right? And so when it comes to the vlog, like, I, if, if we're going to do it right, I really need someone shooting the vlog for me. Like, me trying to do that and sell merch and me, it's just, it, it's, 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 I'm not going to go, and, and I mean, you know, people like the vlogs, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's not our most viewed piece of content. So I'm somebody... I fail fast. I see the feedback. Hey, if the blog was getting 10,000 views every time we post it, that'd be different. But people, I think, prefer more of the short, quick hitter content versus a 10, 15-minute blog. Just, just, just my – the vlog is something I'd love as we continue to grow. I'd love to bring that back. I would make it a more consistent thing. But I need, like, a – I need somebody behind the cameraman filming it and let me do my thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't want to have to be the cameraman and do my thing. You see what I'm saying? Babes and Waves, where do you get your inspiration from for all that you've accomplished? Been awesome to see you grow. We're going to jump into a, a break, Babes and Waves. So I'll keep this answer short and sweet. I mean, I could go on and on, but I would say my inspiration, a lot of it comes from my perspective and my gratitude. That's that's what I lead with. And so that's where, again, that's where a, a lot of a lot of my inspiration comes from, right? The the opportunity to wake up every single day and and chase a dream and chase my passions, fuel my passions, my dreams, my ambitions. Uh, that's what inspires me. That's what inspires me. And to, and to truly tap into who I'm meant to be, my dharma, if you will, and, and, and serve others while doing it, that's what inspires me. So 
Guys, we're going to jump into one final break. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from you more, your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final seven minutes or so here on the Daily Crow, taking your questions, comments, calls. I will say this, guys. You know, I, I, I'll, um, I've i always been transparent, honestly, guys, kind of let you know what, what's going on in my brain. So I, I will tell you that I, I <clears throat> at one time, was considering, considering making this the podcast. And, you know, maybe one day that will still happen where it's like TDC basically turns into the podcast. But... I don't know. I, I just, I don't want to do that. I don't. I don't. And you know why? It's because of combos like we just had before the break. Like, those organic, like, the beauty of TDC is that I don't, I go into this with no notes. None. I don't go into this with any type of bullet points. Nothing, right? When I record the podcast, I got certain topics I want to discuss and talk about. And obviously, right? You got your bullet points, right? How, how the show's going to flow. This, the beauty of TDC is that it's just totally organic. Some days we got calls start to finish. Some days we got guests start to finish. Some days, some days we got nothing. Some days we're talking nothing but sports. Some days we get into life, right? It's, uh, <laughs> it's a cool thing. It's, it's a very cool thing. And the greatest content is born from organic interaction. Somebody put that quote out there. <laughs> the greatest content is born from organic interaction. It, it really is. It really is. Right? You know, you, you can make notes and stuff, and don't get me wrong, right? You, you, but, like, the most, the greatest content is content that is not scripted, is not planned, is just truly organic. Comes from the heart, comes from the soul. Um, it's just real. So... I just want to say thank y'all, man, for making TDC what it is. My guy, Brendan, of course, throwing up the quote. Uh, I appreciate it. I, I also, I don't know if y'all saw the tweet I just put up. I said, dear Coach Sat, thanks for ruining our 2022 football season. Sincerely, Gamecock Nation. So, <laughs> I just felt, I don't know. I just felt like putting that out there. I don't really care. Maybe he'll block me on Twitter. But Sorry for the curse word there. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm shocked he hasn't blocked us. Again, I think the reason, though, he hasn't is because he knows I'll make they, – they know I'll make a big deal about it, right? They know I'll make a big – like, the second he does block me, because it's coming. I can't believe Will Muschamp hasn't blocked me. I, I, like, I almost think that's sort of a thing where it's like he doesn't want to give me the satisfaction, right? Even though I've talked to so many people who weren't in the building about – that, that, that worked when he was there. That were like, dude, you were so in their head, dude. Like, Will Muschamp hated you. Like, they would constantly bring you up about don't tell TSUS anything. Um, heck, I had a kid tell me that when you get hired by USC now, on the like when you get hired at least to work on the recruiting staff, there is a questionnaire or there's like, I don't know, like, a, like your application form basically. One of the parts, though, one of the parts of the application literally – says, like, you have to sign an agreement that you will not give any information to the Spurs Up show. And apparently the Spurs Up show is, like, specifically out there, specifically on it. 
<laughs> I mean, hey, whatever. I mean, all good. All good. It doesn't, doesn't really stop anything. Whatever. Um, and I've seen Christian Miles, by the way. I, Christian, I've, I've seen all your comments, man. You, you sound like a slap dick, so I'm not, I'm not even going to interact or engage. Um, yes, John Edward Muschamp is indeed a slap dick, no doubt. So, anyways, guys, podcast did drop this morning. Check it out, episode 729. Uh, we talk best bet for the game Saturday, SEC gambling picks. And Dana Beers, Dana Beers, Barstool Sports, joins the show. Luke RJ, you know, I believe that Satterfield doesn't look at Twitter or uses Twitter, but he's blocked a good number of people. He's blocked Brad Crawford. Like he, he's blocked people, Luke RJ. I can't believe he hasn't blocked you. He might have blocked you. You might want to check. He might have blocked you. He's blocked a lot of people, though. So, he, I think he, he's I think he's on it. I think so. So, and I'm not saying, like, I, I necessarily want to be blocked, but, you know. Christian Miles is one of the worst fan bases in the country, but then claims he's a Gamecock. So, Christian, who are you really? I think you're a... I think you're a Clem suck slap dick. Crayon eating goat fucking Clem suck slap dick. I'm just I'm just getting polished up for next week, guys. I'm just I'm just getting myself ready for next week. Um, anyways, guys, like I said, appreciate y'all. Hey, Seawells Saturday, we'll be out at Seawells. We'll be at, hey one one final thing, and we will do we will we will make these grades. We'll make these grades after the season, right? After the season. In our postseason report card. Maybe we can talk a little bit tomorrow, though. I was asked by Mark Ryan, everybody's favorite person, what I would grade Shane Beamer, which effectively I take that as what will I grade the South kind of football season, what do I grade it right now? Guys, I give it a D. I give it a D. Mark Ryan gave it a C plus. He gave it a higher grade than I did. What do y'all think? You think that's too harsh? I just, the reason I do... Is because you're probably going to finish six and six. Now you you go beat you go beat uh, you know Clemson or or upset Tennessee. Obviously that changes, but I give it a D because and, and like I like guys I feel worse. I feel worse about a six and six finish than I even thought I would in over the summer, right? Because over the summer, I was like, well, if you go six and six, it'll be disappointing, but it's not a total failure. You know what I mean? Like, you got a tough schedule, SEC, blah, blah, blah. With the way this season's gone, with the way it's played out, with how it's looked, I, I, I mean, you could give it an F, in my opinion. I mean, I, I just, I mean, yes, yes, you beat Kentucky and Lexington first time since 2012. Yes, you snapped the streak against A&M. But I think just for me, guys, and again, there's no right or wrong answer, but it's just the way it's looked. How putrid you've been offensively. The fact that, you know, as M. Colt points out, you just you just feel like you've you've wasted talent. I mean, it it, it, it more so has to do with the way it's looked than the record when it comes to grade. Guys, we'll talk about all that and more tomorrow. We'll keep that conversation going again. Check out the podcast that dropped today. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Y'all have a great rest of your Wednesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.